episode 74 covering minute uh one hour and let me see i'm i'm flagging uh 13 minutes in so this is uh this starts with uh ransom asking for an extra bowl at the restaurant a slow zoom in on marta and ransom um and then both are asking why about all of this um and it and the scene ends up with um marta saying uh, asking Mentioning, oh, your mother wanted you to build uh, something for yourself. And then he has, ends up with him saying, my mother built, uh, built her business from the ground up with a million dollar loan from my grandfather. <laughs> um, which is a good line. Uh, so what do you think about this minute? Uh, this minute was one of the reasons why I chose this series of minutes is that we get a real nice look at the sweater that Ransom is wearing. <laughs> That's the exact reason I did this too. <laughs> Let's be honest, my notes on this episode, my minute, were a little bit lacking because they're all about the sweater. It's a good sweater. Like It is a good sweater. I have been knitting for, hmm, how old am I? <laughs> like 26 years of my life. Mm. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. when I see a nice textile on screen, I am very excited. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've knit less than you, but I think I've been knitting for about 10 years. So I, I'm also very excited for good textiles. And there's a lot of really good sweaters in this. But this this scene, I just remember when that sweater popped up and you're just like, oh, man, that is a good, good sweater. Oh, yeah. Chris Evans is very handsome. And you're just like, it's it's like transfixing, honestly. Oh, yeah. It makes you want to be like, ooh, like you're on set. You're like, ooh, Chris, what's this made out of? He's like, what? You're like, is it boyfriend material? And he's like, I think I'm supposed to make that joke. And it just becomes very confusing. But that means you're still touching his <laughs> arm. So it's great. I, it looks cozy. It makes him seem very approachable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like such a good character piece because it makes him look cozy and approachable which I think the scene is wanting to do but it's also um one of the things that I I can't pretend to be the first person to saw who saw this but it's not like when you look at the sweater there's a noticeable hole in it mm-hmm. so it's clearly like this beautifully knit um very classic um sweater but it's clearly not really being taken care of which is kind of I feel like almost a metaphor for the both Ransom and the family, where they've been given this just something wholesome and beautiful and nice and are just not taking care of it. Yes. So it's, uh, I think uh, I think you can make a, a good case for it being a character piece while also being like, that is a damn good sweater. Yeah, completely agree. I know Ryan has said that multiple times people have asked him, like, where did you get that sweater? You know, who made it? And he's like, it's just a fisherman sweater. <laughs> yeah, they just like bought it, and I it's I I don't I don't know if they could have known how f- far this whole whole thing would go, 
And I, I, I think there are a lot of people who are still perplexed about the sweater. Um, in in part, like when I, when I was recording one of the other episodes, they're like, "Did you?" That my guest was asking, "Oh, did you see like that the sweater?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, I I am one of those people. <laughs> I am requested these episodes that where I could talk about the sweater." <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry. So, so don't worry. It's it's me. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where Chris Evans carries it off very nicely. You know, like, it's easy in a sweater like that to look like it's wearing you because they can be a little bit yeah. bulky. And except, right. Yeah, he looks very comfortable in it. But also, like you said, it's like a very casual, almost neglectful wearing of it because of the holes. And it's like kind of tattered around the sleeves. Like he doesn't yeah. roll them up before doing stuff. And, th- and throughout this whole scene, he's kind of like leaning back and like very casually... Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh his body language is pretty open as I recall yeah. throughout that scene. We, uh mm-hmm. as opposed to Marta who's like kind of well also in a sweater, she's swallowed up a little bit more in her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like given like they're both differences in size, like that is like Chris Evans' sweater is obviously much a much larger sweater than Marta's mm-hmm. or than Armis is wearing, but like she just feels so swallowed up in in that booth. And in that sweater, and she's eating, and then he's just like, full, like he's overlapping, and uh, he can't even be contained by the sweater or the booth. <laughs> he's just. <laughs> oh my god! I want that on Chris Evans' IMDb page. Cannot be contained by sweater. <laughs> uh, I I saw an article earlier because, of course, about, in preparation for this episode, I googled Chris Evans' sweater, um, as you do. He's apparently said on talk shows, like, I can't wear a cable knit sweater anymore because people think, hmm, you're kind of showing off now. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I like these sweaters. I don't know. Oh, boy. Poor Chris. <laughs> it's, That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. I mean, it's his fault for being so hot. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, as a knitter, when Chris Evans says, I love sweaters, I love cable knits. It's my favorite thing about winter. You're just like... Thank you, Chris. Yeah. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, he might as well just, like, give a little kiss towards the camera and been like, wink, you know. We're like, yeah, we do. Thank you. This is yeah, for us. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, yeah, not only is uh, Marta swallowed up in that sweater, she's also hunched over her bowl eating. So everything about her is still, like, very inward and, like, very trying to protect yeah. herself. And so, yeah, you can see how Ransom is still very in control of that whole scene and what's going on there. Yeah, and, and it kind of continues on with um, what we've been talking about uh, in other episodes this week, where you really get told a, a whole story by both the cinematography and the body language. Um, there's One of the things that I think Ana de Armas does like, incredibly well in this movie is all of the acting she does that is... Um, like nonverbal acting or acting that is just gesture or with um, facial expressions mm-hmm. because she does a lot. There are so many scenes where you, where she might not be saying anything, but you kind of feel like she's replying, like, because you know what you know. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, and you can kind of see on her face what she's thinking in a really, really good way. And so I think that this, um this scene really shows just like, that body language and that, um, that, yeah, 
Yeah, the nonverbal communication in this movie is fantastic. It's uh, something I forgot to mention in a, a previous episode is where uh, we briefly just look at Blanc's face as the hubbub is sort of starting with the will mm-hmm. reading. And you can see he is still stitching things together, even when there doesn't appear to be anything of like real interest to the case happening. Yeah. He's like adding things up and it's just like very subtle flicks of like Daniel Craig's eyes and like his eyebrows and like, his mouth will tighten. And you're like, wow. And it's it goes by so quick that <laughs> it's only upon rewatching it that you realize like, oh, OK, he's adding things up here. He's coming to conclusions way faster than everyone else is. Right. Faster than we are. Mm-hmm. And it's like you start you start kind of piecing the other way. Like, what is Blanc thinking in the scene? And you, you can you can get really kind of tell a lot from that. Uh, the, his facial expressions and I just think really the main actors but especially um, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas and uh, Daniel Craig all have just like are so expressive in this movie where mm-hmm. you just can tell so much from even if they're not saying a word which is which is really fun to watch. Exactly. Yeah and then Chris Evans as Ransom does the same thing in this scene where mm-hmm. he'll be like kind of chewing at his nails but like his eyes are, you know, it seems casual, but then you see his eyes are just laser focused on yeah. Marta. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes he'll, he'll like, shift if he's trying to, like, communicate differently. It just, like, works so well. It's, the acting in this movie is so, it's so good. It's, it's like, almost unbelievable. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, something that you mentioned earlier, now I'm mm-hmm. coming back to think about as we talk about body language with the camera starting so zoomed out where you see the restaurants like almost empty mm-hmm. except for the two of them. So they're in a, not a huge place, but like a larger scene. And mm-hmm. then for the scene, the minute to be so focused on the two of them and so zoomed in and it feels very, it's not as claustrophobic as what had just happened in that larger room in the house, but it still feels very intimate. And I thought that was yeah. a really interesting contrast. Yeah, it's. I, I think it is really interesting because you you once it has zoomed in, you really don't zoom out Mm-mm. in the scene much more. Um, it's very much like focused on their close ups and on those two, um, to the point where a um, like if if somebody who's a like the waitress stops by, you just don't see anything of her. Mm-hmm. It is it is fully centered on. Marta and Ransom, which I think is really works, but it I feel like it also kind of contributes to that tension as well. Oh yeah, which, which I like. And like the the two characters too, you can see who's a, more aware of what's going on in the room. Yeah, because Ransom flicks a look at the waitress when she comes by to like drop off the bowl. Yeah, and I don't think Marta even notices that <laughs> that she was no. there at all. And he's she is specifically directing this whole scene, like uh, where he's. He's telling her to eat at the start of this minute, and he's mm-hmm. specifically like he is the one in control here, and you really, and you know that throughout the entire scene. Oh yeah, and that's which, why his body language comes off as so relaxed, because yeah. he has that level of comfort that Marta does not at all. That's why he's right. able to like his chest is wide open and available and for snuggling. Uh, <laughs> his arms are just like open for hugging. <laughs> I was maybe a little distracted, but yeah, his. I mean, 
honestly, like, like I said, like the extent to which my notes are like, uh, I also, uh, one of my notes I wrote was Chris Evans could have chemistry with a broom with googly eyes. I don't know. I would pay to see that. I think it would be very interesting. I feel like he could like, because you know, they, they do have like a really good chemistry and, uh, you know, act, they act really well together in Mm -hmm. this scene, but I'm like. Chris Evans, I feel like, could have chemistry with any, like, literally anybody, and you'd be like, I buy it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, one of the things that I think that um, we mentioned uh, that uh, a little bit before that, that I, I, I really focused on when watching this in, in pieces was the whole, uh, my mother built her business up uh, from the ground up with a million-dollar loan from my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um that is a level of self-awareness that we have yet to see from anybody else in the Thromby family. Um, yeah. Is there any, do you think that, you know, when do you think that he came to that level? Like, like we can, we're, we'll discuss a little bit more about spoilers on tomorrow's episode, but mm-hmm. um, I, I just thought that was really interesting because you, you specifically have multiple instances earlier in the movie where they're talking about how they're how they made built themselves up and they're they're built their own businesses and he's like yeah come on that's that's ridiculous i think ransom's position as sort of the black sheep of the family has afforded him the ability to look at it from the outside a little bit more than anyone else Mm -hmm. i think maybe the next aware character would be uh tony collette's daughter i'm Mm -hmm. totally blanking Mm -hmm. on meg yeah. yeah meg where Meg is very aware that, like, the family is what is funding her college uh, tuition and, like, her ability to do these things. But she also yeah. takes it as a given that that is what will happen. Right. Whereas Ransom is like, you have all gotten to the point where you just assume these things will happen t- for you because they have happened in the past. And you no longer remember how you got started or even started in right. quotes. Yeah. And I think that's something that happens a lot in just American culture. I thought that was like a real grounding point of the movie that, you know, mm-hmm. people who are successful sometimes will assume that they were the only ones who led to their success. Right. Or that they've are the only ones who thought of working hard yeah. and putting <laughs> a lot of effort into something when it's like, no, if, if, if if you were given a million dollars from your father to help start a business, that's an advantage that the vast, vast majority of people don't have. Yeah. And it's like, it, it is really, I, I, I think I was, um, re- I was really interested in how much of this movie would end up being class focused and focused on like class and the intersection of class and race. It was just like, there's so much in there mm-hmm. that to like, just kind of chew on with that. But yeah, uh, it's an incredibly smart movie in, in that respect because it doesn't hammer you over the head with this. Right. These are things that you... A lot of it is something you realize upon first viewing, but yeah, going back and looking at it again, just the contrast of like what Marta's home life is like versus the thrombies and then how they interact with each other and then how certain thrombies view themselves. Like, yeah, the whole thing is really interesting and it elevates it beyond quote-unquote, just uh, a mystery movie. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it, it also manages to avoid a lot of the traps that movies that want to talk about 
class kind of fall into because I feel like it would be so easy to have made the thrombies like this like overwhelmingly horrible family mm-hmm. where they're like like you know twisting their uh, mustaches going ha 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 <laughs> we we clearly uh you know we hate everybody that isn't us or whatever but it's like they they, they show it they you you really tell that they think they're good people. Oh yeah, but they aren't. It reminded me at certain points of Get Out, where yeah, yeah Bradley oh. Whitford's character, you know, mm. saying I would have voted for Obama for a third term, and then yeah. finding out that Bradley Whitford originally didn't realize that was supposed to be like a, like a, a joke. Like a, he was yeah. like, "Yes, that's what I would have done." And you're like, "Oh no, Bradley." <laughs> Bradley, no, 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 my dude, that's not. It's supposed to be. Yeah, it's, it's not. Commentary. Yeah. It, <laughs> It's commentary. It's like the thing that, um, to the, there's just, there are a lot of those little moments in here, like when they're, like the little, the Hamilton nod of like, hey, there's this person who's like, I get it. I, I understand people that aren't me. I saw Hamilton at the, uh, at the public, which like has some level of, which has a big level of, of class involved, but I think, hey, I I know what things are, yeah. or they start, or they think <laughs> that that made me laugh. Um, where they're like, I know what what it's like for immigrants, but it's like you don't know where Marta's from. You you keep messing up. Oh God, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Do... Yeah, where they keep going like, oh Marta, her her mother's from like everybody has a different country, and you're like. Mm. and discussing like oh you should you can come to this country but you come but come legally and you're just like oh my god and like it just goes very specifically um in a way that I don't I wonder how much people get if you don't think about that sort of thing a lot yeah I mean I think there will always be people who don't understand that they are if not the butt of the joke, at least the one being made an example of. Right. They just think, yeah, that's the thing. You should come to this country legally. It's like, do you know what the immigration process is like? Have you, you ever spoken to it like an immigration lawyer right. or someone who is trying to immigrate to this country or even someone right. who has like a green card and like they're like, no. <laughs> do you know the process of it? Do you know like, yeah, and... There's so many like little moments like that where which make which make me this movie go from like I think good to great for me where it's like it it just it makes it so much smarter. Mm-hmm. So I'm I I'm a fan of that and I I was I think there's also um, something really cathartic too about when Chris Evans is like okay she she built it with a with a loan like with that million dollar loan because it's like up until that point for the first hour of the movie these people are saying these things kind of unchallenged mm-hmm. and those of us who are uh who, who are who think a lot about things like class and who think a lot about um that are just like sitting there in the theater going like mm, I don't know about that and so like when you have <laughs> the first time of somebody is like oh please like Yes. It's it's very cathartic. Yeah, and it's also smart on Ryan's part there because it gets you in with uh, Ransom a little bit. You're like, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it, 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 like, like you said, it just, it makes you think like, okay, maybe he does 
he's been kind of a jerk, but like maybe he he had his he's more aware than we th- we've thought before. So yes, yeah. it goes back to it, what you were saying earlier that there are no mustache twirling villains that we've seen in the Thromby family. We've seen people reacting out of fear that their position or their livelihood is being threatened or just, and we've seen people who are kind of in like the midst of a lot of grief because Harlan has just recently passed very suddenly. And so there's just so much that you, you can, if not empathize, maybe sympathize with them a little bit. Yeah. Like this is a lot of changes happening and they have no idea why. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of things where you can kind of poke at it and say like, oh, here's a, a, an ignorant thing they said, or here's a bad thing they said, but you can, but you also, they feel like real people. Mm-hmm. They're not just like, they're not just, we're evil and I know it, you know. Yes. Although I would like to see type. Jamie Lee Curtis twirl a little mustache. I think that would be very Oh fun. my God. I would pay so much money to see that. <laughs> she can be the villain in the Chris Evans googly eye movie. Mm, mm. I I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm let's greenlight this movie. I will pay whatever Kickstarter money they want. Perfect. Ryan, <laughs> DM us. We are on Ryan. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just want uh, story credits and then also to be extras in the movie. Yes, we will be extras. This is non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> non-negotiable. <laughs> Do you have anything else that you'd like to uh, add for this particular minute? I think I'm all done. Great. Uh, well, our one question for this week, um, speaking of Ryan, is uh, what is your experience with the films of Ryan Johnson? And do you have any particular ones you like? Or what's your Ryan Johnson experience? Uh, before this, I, I'd seen The Last Jedi, which mm-hmm. I am a big fan of. I, Me too. I loved The Last Jedi way more than I liked Rise of Skywalker. I think that's oh, God Yeah. Sake. Because I think in the same way we've been discussing class consciousness and intersectionality uh, in this movie, I think Ryan showed his understanding of that in the Star Wars universe as well. And Mm -hmm. I think the... Absolutely. Yeah, the understanding there that, like, he was trying to get across that you don't have to be from some uh, big Star Wars name family. Like, you don't have to be a Skywalker. You don't have to be a Palpatine or who, ever, <laughs> you know, heroes and people who rise up to the occasion come from everywhere. And like, mm-hmm. Finn, I think Finn, the stormtrooper played a way bigger role in rise of Skywalker. And I thought that would continue, uh, sorry, the last Jedi. And I thought that would continue. And just for it to sort of fall apart on me there, it, <laughs> it was it very frustrating. Of, it, it fizzled. And I, I really think that his growth from, uh, First Awakens to Last Jedi was really good, and it just mm-hmm. like him becoming increasingly aware of the world outside of himself, as like the audience is becoming more and more aware about the Star Wars universe too. Mm-hmm. Because like the things that they show in those movies is very like a small slice of the overarching universe. Oh yeah, it's, like, specific families and characters where it's like there's all these other people who have who are heroes as well and. I, I love The Last Jedi so much. Oh, yeah. I get similar feelings from The Mandalorian now on, uh, as, mm-hmm. as it's coming out, that it does expand that universe. It makes it feel like a universe and not just, what's Luke Skywalker up to today? <laughs> you know, let's go find out. What's Chewbacca right. doing? So that was, I think, my first 
Ryan experience. And then after mm. we saw Knives Out, my partner already owned Brick, which is a movie mm-hmm. that Ryan directed in like early 2000s. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, like, there's a, a, a very brief cameo by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's the main character in Brick, where he plays like a high schooler who's also like a noir detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning of Knives Out, there's like a who there's an uh, an announcer or something on the radio. I forget exactly what it is. Maybe a newscaster, and that's um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, kind of doing a yeah. little bit of the same accent that he did then. Not Bugsy Malone, but like a little bit of an accent there. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a noir detective-y type thing. Exactly. Yeah, and that, I thought Joseph that was Gordon-Levitt- so fun. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt's been in every single Ryan Johnson movie, uh, either as the main character in Brick and in Looper, but then as cameos in his other movies. Was which he is... in The Last Jedi? He has a very small cameo. I think he's, like, he's has, like, a face, like, like it's either makeup or it's prosthetics or it's something, and I think his voice is uh, modulated, but he 100% has a... <sighs> has a cameo in The Last Jedi. That's so pleasing. Now I have to go find... I have to go look for that. Um, yeah. Was Daniel Craig in The Last Jedi, or was he in the first... Was he in... Uh, he was in The Force, the Force Awakens. Awakens. I thought that was so funny that he's like, Which yeah, so I'll good. be a stormtrooper. That's the funniest thing. Like... <laughs> oh, my God. I, I mean, honestly, if if I was an, an actor and they were like, do literally anything in Star Wars, I'd be like, yes, please. Oh, yeah. I will do literally any act... Any cameo or any any nonsense completely, to, to be in that completely movie, love star wars have always, i've been a big fan since i was little so like me too me too <laughs> i saw i saw those when i was uh five years old in the when they did the re-releases um and yes. i like I saw them in the theaters and i was just like this is the best movie i've ever seen in my life oh my god <laughs> my mom is like uh she's not at all a nerd. She has no idea where I got my severe nerdery from. <laughs> so I remember, yeah, when I was like younger, she took me to see, um, oh my God, it was one of the, the prequels. She took me to see that in theaters. And the whole time she was just like, I don't get it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, pod racing. Like I was, you know, it was just so excited <laughs> to um, see like something new with Star Wars on the screen. I didn't really oh care at that I, point about the whole mythology of it. I was just like, this is so fun. She's like, all right, I guess she likes robots. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my, my mom isn't isn't so much a nerd, but my dad was 100% a nerd <laughs> to the point where I have we have distinct memories of how long it took to download a very like poor quality, tiny version of the trailer to episode one um, because it was like, you know, late nineties, so the internet and everything is like slower, and so we're just like, when will this trailer come? And just like us uh, sitting and watching that trailer for the first time, it's like, it's yeah, oh, that's the, what the, I, the I definitely know today, where I get it, but <laughs> the children today do not know the pains of dial-up internet. I think oh my they should all be made to use a modem, like a dial-up modem, at some point in their lives, just so they know. And just have the family, and have, and you have to be living with somebody else who's like, I want to use the phone, get off the internet, yes. and have that moment. Or of just like, picks up the phone because they don't care. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the internet goes down, and you have to like, it's very funny because I was I was actually talking. Uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I was talking with my dad how there's like I feel like there's a very specific, uh, 
like cross section of people who are nostalgic for like internet dial-up tones because like if you're you know older and you had it for that amount of time it's not necessarily like a childhood thing but for Mm -hmm. me it's like my childhood is to hear the like AOL like starting up stuff so it's like yeah I think for people in our age range it's like almost the sound of independence that's when you are discovering things like kind yeah. of on your own, like nece- not your parents weren't necessarily involved, you know, because they didn't know what right. the internet was. They didn't know how to like monitor us. <laughs> didn't know all the weird forums. Yes. Oh on. my God. Like... They did not know. <laughs> ah, man. Yeah. No, that's funny. Uh, have you seen uh, any of the other uh, Ryan Johnson movies uh, other than uh, Brick or... I haven't. Um, I have Looper on, like, my list of movies to watch because my partner is a huge um, time, like, a time loop or Mm -hmm. time travel. They love that kind of genre. And it makes my brain hurt. (laughs) So I have to be in the right mood for it. Oh, I get that. It's been a rough year. I haven't really felt like my brain is not pudding at any point. Oh, I've been watching so much, like, uh, if for future no- uh, knowledge, I know this is going to come out later. We're recording this in November 2020, so this <laughs> has been a year of like I've been watching a lot of nonsense because uh, I need I need happy stuff. Exactly, you just need something kind of light that I don't need to focus on very hard. And time travel movies, I need to focus so I understand what's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Looper's fairly accessible, um, but it's I, I recommend it whenever you. I, I totally understand that that feeling, so. I, I recommend it when you when you have the chat chance. Um, and uh, I still have not seen the Brothers Bloom, but I also uh, will will be recording another week of this uh, podcast eventually in the future. It'll be an earlier episode in the future, so maybe in a past episode. Uh, what did I just say about it. time travel, Allison? <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I started saying that out loud, and I knew that it was like, mm, I'm, oh, I am like boy. messing up with some timeline stuff here. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else that you'd like to uh, add about uh, about this? Or no, I think I'm good there. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's going to do it for this week's episode of Knives Out Minute. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Amber. Do you have anything that you'd like to plug today? Or uh, y'all can find me on Twitter. Uh, my name is at A-M-B-R-R-R. That's where Allison and I will be fervently pitching our movie to Ryan Johnson and also solidifying. uh, Yes, and Chris Evans, because he's on there too. You got to loop him in. And uh, solidifying our cameos. I think we're going to have a really good time. Yeah, I think we're going to have a good time too. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. You can follow this particular podcast on Twitter at Knives Out Minute. And uh, yeah, talk. see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.